Hello listeners and welcome back to the preview show of the Hero ISL. The second half of the season is starting in just a few days and to preview the season ahead with me, fresh off the boat from UAE is <laughs> Devine Sen. Yalla Habibi. Maafi mushkil. Yes, yes, of course. You can see a little bit of Naveen Peter has dropped off. Yes, of course, Naveen has to always... Uh, have some influence on everyone who goes everywhere. So second only to Constantine. Second only to Constantine. The most important Indian there <laughs> after the football players. So, so how are you now, Devi? Back in the city. Yeah, good. And uh, slowly the reality is sinking in. Watching the round of 16 matches without <laughs> India was quite heartbreaking, but entertaining. And yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, the ISL return. But yeah, before we get into the ISL, just add a little rant to make for a change. This yes, this rant will come from me. So I just uh, picked up on this uh, promo which I saw yesterday for the ISL on uh, the Star Network and I found it really distasteful because it shows visuals of you know India's brave performance, you know, brave performance in Asia, the heroes return home and then a graphic slide comes uh, which says to the league which sparked it all and I just found it ridiculous, tone deaf and absolutely arrogant because to begin with, it wasn't a great achievement. You didn't get out of the group stages, so let's not forget that. Yes, it was a laudable performance, but how much of a role ISL had to play in that in a positive manner is immensely debatable. And uh, it's just uh, it just sort of sums up the state of football in this country. I think the ISL has to stop taking itself this seriously. And actually, I'm quite open to debating with anybody from FSDL or from STAR about what kind of a positive role ISL has played. I would go on to suggest that a lot of the national team players were probably hampered because they played the ISL. A lot of them didn't get starts. A lot of them didn't have a very good run of form leading up to the Asian Cup. So it's really time to de-link and you know, look at things objectively as they are. I think uh, whoever is in star, and I'm saying this as, a, as an employee of <laughs> Disney, which probably you know, actually owns star at the moment, but I'm saying it in my personal capacity. Whoever wrote this should be quite ashamed of themselves. Yes, and this comes on the back. I saw a tweet from yours a few days ago when they said Indian football returns for the first time of the yes. year. Yes, yeah. When so second was going yeah. on. Second misstep in a short time. They really need to up their communication game because it just brings them across as arrogant, which they probably are. Uh, but they have the interests, I'm sure, of Indian football in mind. In which case, they have to stop communications like this. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Let's move. Moving <laughs> on to the action on the field and uh, you know. Step away from FSDL, let's yes. say. So uh, let's start with the most obvious thing. BFC are leading by four, three points. They are unbeaten so far. So uh, what do you think? Can they go back, go through the entire season unbeaten, considering Miku's now coming back? I think they can because uh, they have shown themselves to be a very smart team. They know how to get results. Um, I think it wouldn't be unfair to say that man for man there aren't too many teams which are superior to this BFC unit and what they've shown this time is a very you know good they showed it even last season but this season as well what they're showing is in any match situation they know how to turn it around and they have those individuals who can spark things and speaking of that unbeaten run I remember the the I-League the last I-League they played when they started off with three wins in a row yeah. so after their third win against Mumbai FC I asked in the press conference I asked Albert Roca that do you think you can talk about an unbeaten run? And then they went on, I think, a winless run of some seven games or something after that. So, so it's, it, it might just be putting the mockers on them. But yeah, I don't think they're thinking on those terms, but they're perfectly capable of it. Yes. Uh, also, if you look at the way, uh, this is my personal take and you can uh, chip in sure. with your opinion as well. I don't think they are as Spanish as 
people tend to think because you know the association with barcelona roca is called down to carlos corde yeah. so uh, they don't really pass that much they are very utilitarian side i don't think they are in the top 5 passes in the league they are 7th or in crosses they are not in the top 5 uh, their midfielder who has got the most tackle is eric patelu and he is 21st in terms of the numbers so they are not really passing the teams to death like what yeah. say goa or maybe jamshedpur when yeah. yeah. but what they are is they have players capable of uh, they are confident enough to go there to the last minute and know that they are going to win this and yeah. how important is that for a mentality of our team very because uh, they've often got late winners late equalizers right through the season and that's a tribute to the mental strength of this team and i think hats off to them if they are able to find their own style not you know necessarily get boxed into a particular style of play and maybe it's the evolution of the club or the team as a whole from last season the fact that they are willing to guts it out in a match they're willing to hang in there till the last minute and get something out of them and let's not forget that they have probably one of the best attacks in the entire uh, ISL and that's just working out very well for them i mean i would say they and goa are probably the two best attacks and i would not be surprised if they meet in the final yes absolutely that would be a great final uh, very really love to yeah absolutely uh, now looking at the chasing pack the next five teams probably the ones to look into the yeah. top four yeah. mumbai is 3 points behind in second goa in northeast again a four further four points behind in yeah. third and fourth yeah. and you have the jamshedpur in 19 atk in 16 so i think that should be the cut out cut off like you know the point where the teams below this probably are not going to make it correct and so i don't expect anything to change even from the top four i think at worst maybe uh, jamshedpur coming into the reckoning but who would they replace because mumbai have been very compact yes that's been the they got the most clean sheets i think Yeah, I mean, um, they generally have a very good defense and they have Amrinder Singh who as uh, we were just mentioning offline a little bit earlier that he's probably the best, best keeper in the yeah, country. Yeah. Um and uh, Northeast United might might just find it a little more difficult in the second half of the season, but then yeah, they've got somebody like Okpeche. Yes. So that should keep helping them get goals. I think the top four might remain the same and Goa and BFC unless they meet in the semi-finals um they could probably be finalists. Yeah, you mentioned Northeast now there is an interesting thing about them towards the end of the first yeah. phase we yeah. saw them kind of fitter around because of the probably fatigue. Yeah. And if you look at them they have seven players who played over 1000 minutes yeah. which may not be that much in terms of you know the yes. grand scheme of things but for Indian football that's a lot of time. and considering it comes thick and fast the fixtures yeah it kind of adds on and they also have i think around 4 uh, 5 to 7 players who played over 500 yeah. minutes and other than jamshedpur it's the other most uh, remote venue so there's a lot yeah. of traveling to add to that yes absolutely so and two things that they prove is one el koshatori knows his first level he sticks with his first level correct and that might end up proving a little too too much for him at the end yeah i think uh, what i'm sure he must be aiming as manager is to try and get to that uh, playoff cutoff as quickly as possible and then give some of his key players a rest hmm. and it also reflects on the bench strength i think northeast traditionally have always been one of the lower budget teams of the isl and uh, yeah i mean they maybe don't have that much faith in some of their reserves but um, from his perspective it would be a good thing to have you know one the insurance of getting through to the playoffs and secondly giving some game time to some of the younger players on the bench mm. and seeing if they are match ready just in case you know you you might have injuries all this fatigue might lead to some wear and tear as the season yes. progresses but this rest should do them some good mm. maybe they would have worked on some new combinations and you know give some of those fringe players more chances uh, now let's take a look at mumbai yeah and mumbai best defense in the league they i think they've got the most number of clean sheets 
it is a big turnaround because I think they considered five goals against Goa. They just absolutely Goa just destroyed them, and from since then they've kind of slowly, slowly built up from the back. Yeah. Lead, led by Amrinder of course and yeah. Lucian Goan, who has got a little bit of Sergio Ramos in him, if you ask me. And uh, so where and of course Mohamed uh, Sogu has been scoring left, right, and centre. Yeah. So where did it change? Do you think for them? Did they change the way they play in defensively? I think to be fair, Goa is the kind of team who on a given day can you know pump in half a dozen goals against <laughs> any of the teams. But Mumbai, yes, uh, even under Gimaraj, this was their biggest thing. They were always very compact defensively. They knew how to grind out results and keep you know opponents tight, especially at the Mumbai football arena. They tend to be very hard to break down. And yes, Goyan is a very inspirational kind of person on the field, whether he's got the captain's armband or not. Hmm. He's always, you know, leading the team in, in that sense. And Amrinder Singh is a top goalkeeper as well. And Sogu has just added that attacking uh, depth to them, which they probably lacked last season. Yes. And now let's talk about Goa. Interestingly, at some point, do you hmm. think their defensive rarities will come into question? Because they're not the greatest in defence, and I don't think they really particularly care that they're not the best in defence. Yes, I think their philosophy pretty much is, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like how we play on the streets. You know? <laughs> but I think uh, what will matter is how uh, Lobera is able to manage the playoffs because I'm pretty sure they will be in the playoffs. And then over two legs, he has to do that math about where to go for the kill and where to be a little bit more conservative. I don't think it's in their DNA to be conservative, yeah. but uh, in definitely the away game, they'll need to be a little bit cautious. Because if they don't, uh, you know, they're not tight at the back and if they go too for too much of attack in an away fixture, they might just see the tie get a little lopsided against them. So it'll all depend on whether they play at home first or away. They'll always back themselves to get those goals. But yes, I mean, I don't think it should be a problem till the playoffs. Uh, before that, I don't think they'll even mind dropping a couple of matches if they you know, keep going out all-out attack. Absolutely. And uh, just in terms of news, I think uh, Mayelson Alves has been banned for three matches. Yeah. Uh, but interestingly, uh, Carlos Calvo from Jamshedpur, mm -hmm. he's been banned for racist comments. Yeah. First time in India? Um, I think there was some I mean, it's sanctions uh, against... Really yeah, <laughs> it was against Bob Houghton once in 2010, I think. He was supposed to have so-called, you know, done racial abuse against uh, one of the officials. But yeah, I mean, nobody really knows the facts of the case, I suppose, apart from the gentleman involved himself. And even here, I mean, it's good that we are getting the news, but uh, I wish there was a little bit more clarity on, on what, what all is going on. Even Zakir, I think, has been uh, handed a six-month ban. Six-month, yeah, yeah. So, violent behavior. He threw the ball at the referee's face or something yeah. like that. See, uh, one thing I will say, in Indian football, generally, there's a very bad trend of players being allowed to misbehave against referees. You see a lot of getting in the face, mm. you see a lot of manhandling and some kind touching of and pushing touching and pushing too, yeah. So all of that has to be stamped out and yeah, I mean a few guys unfortunately will have to bear the brunt of it. I think six month ban does sound a little ridiculous. Harsh, yes. yeah. Considering uh, the racist person only got three only three months So yeah, I mean we don't know what racist comment it was I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean one, there needs to be a little bit more uniformity and two, yes, uh, you need some exemplary punishment so that players do begin to respect referees a bit more because at the end of the day, it's a very difficult job. Yes. The refs do get it wrong from time to time and of course, as a player, you will get angry, you will get annoyed and frustrated, especially when you're losing in a match, but nothing um, you know, justifies 
putting your hands on a referee or abusing a referee. I, I don't think that should be tolerated. Yes, I think it also filters down to the super divisions as well because yeah. the Bangalore super division here. Yeah. Uh, we did a story the other day, like a week, a month or so yeah, ago, yeah. about uh, the abuse that the referees go and. Because the referees and the players all kind of know each other, they kind of live in the same place. Hmm. The referees are actually afraid. I, some one guy actually said, the referee actually mentioned it, that he's afraid to flash a second yellow because this guy knows where he stays and he'll come and shout at this house and you know these kind of things. <laughs> and it extends beyond the field, which is something the federation really needs to look at to protect the referees because, like you said, it's a very difficult job for them. Anyway. It's a difficult job. It's not really a professional job because all of them have part-time. Yeah, know, and I think they pay some 150 bucks or something per yeah. match at that, at that level. Maybe at the higher level. I don't know how much they pay. Correct. I mean, I think what what is needed, and I think we've seen it through this domestic season, is probably a little bit more professionalism in terms of just how the referees go about their work, um, giving them better fees, making a more elite group which is probably used selectively across all the top matches around the country. And something which I've always insisted is to spread the you know uh, referees around the country. Mm. I think too many of them come from only a few uh, selective centers. I think a lot of them come from the east. Mm. Um, we see a lot of… Pavilions uh, as well. Yes. yes. But I think it needs to be broad-based a bit more and you need to root out that bias and you need to give those uh, referees opportunities to, uh, you know, get into big games in Indian football as well. Yes. Uh, now, looking at, like we, we, you said, the top four looks more or less set in stone, maybe one change here or there. Hmm. What are the chances of us not seeing really exciting matches going forward because a lot of teams don't have a lot to play for and the yeah. others have already got what they wanted to play for. Yeah, very high. <laughs> because, uh, let's be honest, I mean, on the whole, the season has been quite disappointing. I mean, a team like Pune had so many big guns and could have, uh, you know, really been challenging for the top four or maybe in the top two or three. But they are so way down in terms of where they are. Uh, Delhi have been disappointing. They've been probably a little bit unlucky, to be fair. They played they, good football. Yeah, they played better than what their position on the points table suggests. Chennai have been atrocious yeah. and now they've got to quickly switch focus and you know concentrate yes. on the AFC uh, commitments. And uh, yeah, Kerala Blasters have also had a pretty forgettable season. What's also interesting is so many coaching changes. Yeah. But uh, I just hope that you know for the sake of all these managements and for the sake of primarily the players, that there's some stability now when the new coach comes in. I think this hire and fire policy has to stop. Yes, and let's talk about the coaches. You've got Phil Brown, who got Hull City promoted. He's come in for Pune. I think it's a good coup. But at the same time, you had Pratim Reddy, who was doing a reasonably good job. Yeah. Probably one of the only Indian coaches who has the qualification to be a coach in the ISL. Yeah, I mean, technically Indian, but otherwise Scottish. Yeah, otherwise Scottish. <laughs> yeah. But, but he's been in enough Super Division matches for me to say that he is an Indian yes, coach. Yes, yes. So, uh, why not give him a chance? And what do you think of... Uh, the hiring of Phil Brown, which is a big, big sign. Yeah, again, I, I hope they're looking at it from a long-term picture perspective. But yes, I mean, this is another grouse, another rant against yeah. the FSDL. I mean, we know that it's almost an unspoken rule that an Indian coach will not be a head coach. And I don't think it's really rooted in racism as such, but it's more the kind of uh, benchmarks that they've set for... Better press to have yeah. foreign coaches. But it's in their rules for you know clubs mm. to hire the head coach of a certain standing, which is quite impossible. I mean, as of now, there's no Indian coach. But it's a vicious cycle then, that mm. if you don't have an Indian coach who will coach at the ISL level first, mm. how will you bring up more Indian coaches into the pool? 
So it's it's a real shame because uh, I know for a fact that a lot of these teams are driven very well by the Indian assistant coaches. Yeah, yeah. And you know they are, do a terrific job, especially with the Indian talent, because they know identifying players are. Yes. Yeah. In building a squad, they have such an in, in, invaluable role to play. All the championship uh, teams which have won ISLs in the past have had a good, you know, solid mm. Indian uh, presence in the backroom staff. So. Why deny an Indian an opportunity to coach the teams is something which is beyond me. But uh, I hope in time to come, ISL will, you know, uh, course correct and look to amend the rules a little bit. Because yeah, fine, I mean, you make a, a minimum stipulation in terms of a license, but remember that there are some good uh, licensed coaches in India around as well, and they will never learn. They will never uh, become better until they are uh, appointed as head coaches of teams. So, I mean. Full credit to Phil Brown and let's hope he does a good job, but I would have loved to have seen Pratyam carrying on. Absolutely. And if anybody has any doubt on uh, his credentials, he is the guy who picked up most of the Indian players for BFC in the first season. Exactly. So their success, he, they owe him a lot for the success yeah. in that sense. Uh, another new coach is from the Blasters team is uh, Nilo Vingada, who's already coached uh, Northeast United and was not very successful. Not very successfully. He was with the uh, Iran back, backroom staff for a while as well. Now. Blasters is interesting <coughs> only because I think they've got far too many coaches wrong. <laughs> if they think far too many seventh, coaches, period. Yeah, it's seventh coach in four and a half years. Yeah. That is uh, Premier League relegation level kind of yeah. uh, hiring and firing I think in a league which has no relegation. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, in the first uh, two or three seasons, it was yeah. down to one individual. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if uh, one should name it. But no, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. It was that one person who was ca causing a lot of, like, you know, uh, hmm, instability right. in the back room. But uh, yes, I think, uh, I mean, to be fair, David James may not have added much in terms of, uh, you know, tactical knowledge or anything. It was a surprise to see his uh, stint get extended, but maybe that was down to the kind of second wing wind they had in their season uh, last year. And this year, they've just kind of pulled the plug a little bit uh, prematurely, I think. Could have seen out the you know the rest of the season with him, but maybe they felt that they needed to take a step because they were also losing their support supporters yeah. at an alarming rate. Uh, Vingada is, I suppose, a good coach, but yeah, his uh, performance with uh, Northeast doesn't inspire too much of confidence. That's for sure. Also, you changed the coach, and there is rumours uh, that Jingen, Azari, Vineet, Deeraj, Anas are all on yeah. the way out yeah. of the club. And that is like a hefty senior group of players. Yeah. And from what I understand, they're just very happy with uh, Similin Dungal and uh, Sahal, mm -hmm. who both had a decent season. Sahal especially had a mm -hmm. good season. So if you are going to ship out most of your first team players and a coach, so maybe finally, and I've mentioned this before, I think the mistakes are in the boardroom. Yeah. They're finally rectifying it? Maybe. Yeah, could be. I mean, um, it's an interesting stage for an overall, that's for sure. I suppose they've realized that this season is probably way beyond them. Hmm. Building a team for the future, they have this, you know, uh, window in which to kind of uh, build their team from scratch again. And maybe uh, in that sense, Nelo Vingada might turn out to be an inspired pick because if he can get some players that he's comfortable with, familiar with, then he might be able to just uh, turn them around a bit. Yes, absolutely. Now, before we end this part, who do you think is going to be the winner of the ISL at this point in time? At this point of time, uh, I can foresee a Bangalore Goa final, and yeah, I mean, that could go anywhere, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think and Goa would probably start. Goa. Yeah, so. mild favourites, but uh, that's about it. Like maybe 51-49 at this stage. <laughs>